We welcome all of our new online listeners. Hi, my name is Dr. Stephen Finney, the hosting pastor of XL Church in IOM America. My wife Jane and I are blessed that you decided to join us. XL represents Exchange Life. Our church is an outreach of IOM America. Everything we do sits upon the pedestal of compassion. So let's get started. Enjoy the worship, illustrated videos, prayer, and weekly message. Hi, I'm Don Moen. Psalm 22, verse 3 promises that God will be enthroned on the praises of His people. Song of praise with an outstretched arm. I will. 
you today for your goodness, for your mercy. Thank you for your love, for loving us when we were quite unlovable people. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Friends, do you need some strength today? Uh, Here's some good news. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I think in these days, uh, we need to uh, make sure that we're spending time in God's presence, because that is where we're going to renew our strength. And when everything else all around you is swirling around and your perspective is getting uh, messed up, uh, being in God's presence will keep our perspective right. And perspective needs to be based upon these promises. It's God's word that will not change when your situation may be changing daily. Uh, this word will never change. So that's what we're, that's where we need to keep our minds and our hearts. So Lord, we choose to do that today. We choose to wait in your presence. And when we do, we will be renewed in our strength. We will mount up with wings like eagles. And uh, I ask you to do that for each of my friends right now. Lift them up, Lord. Those who have become weary, strengthen them, encourage them. Heal them as we spend time in your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen.
We are on a journey, a journey through the book of Revelation. Our main theme is unfolding the power of prophecy. One of the key things we need to keep in mind here is that the book of Revelation is not a book of prophecies. It is prophecies that you've been given since the first day of man being fulfilled. We're honored that you decided to join us. We certainly expect you to be challenged and blessed. Most Christians today avoid the study of this book. There's probably good reasons to that because of the supposed symbols that are within this book. We need to take special care of those symbols because those symbols are communicating exact truth about the book of Revelation. As for our little fellowship, the Lord has blessed us with a deep understanding of his prophecies. I personally have been studying them for over 30 years. We pray that all who listen today will be motivated to study his final words to the seven churches. It is good to have you join us today as we discuss the third and fourth trumpets that were blasted from the heavens. Before we get started in talking about those details, let's take a look at our scripture. We're going to be reading out of Revelation 8, verses 10 through 13. It says, A third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. And it fell on the third of the rivers and on the springs of waters. The name of the star is called Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the waters because they were made bitter. The fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars were struck, so that a third of them would be darkened, and the day would not shine for a third of it, in the night, in the same way. Then I looked, And I heard an eagle flying in mid-heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth, because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Let's take a look at the symbolism that is related to the star that is being referenced here in our passage. A star is a biblical symbol and emblem of a prince a leader of a nation, or made significant by the Creator. Since this star is called Wormwood, we can easily translate this to mean bitter unto death. Quote, Prince of the Air is one of the descriptives of Satan. Thus many interpret this as God using Satan's destructive powers to destroy his followers. But leaning toward a more literal translation, star is aster which is where we get the word asteroid. Thus it is a massive, rocky body orbiting the sun, which contains poisonous gases, which are being referenced here as wormwood. Once an asteroid enters the Earth's atmosphere, it shatters into meteors. They burn like a torch, as with all meteors when they enter the Earth's atmosphere. They each catch fire, and each remains on fire until it makes contact with the surface. 
Whatever poisonous gases that the meteor contains are dispersed upon impact, killing all living organisms. A known fact here is that all locations where meteors make their contact with the earth cease to grow plant life or, or maintain fresh water supply. When the scripture says, and fell on a third of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters, the biblical parallel of this passage regarding the rivers and fountains of waters is closely related to the desolation that would particularly affect the portions of the world where rivers abound and where the sources of influence of natural spring waters or fresh waters have their inlets. Another interesting fact, one of the definitions of an asteroid is Pergamon, which is where we get the word Pergamum, which in the earlier parts of chapter 3 of Revelation, God refers to this being the place of the throne of Satan. Now let's take a look at the meaning of Wormwood. Verse 11 says that the star is named Wormwood. Wormwood is a bitter herb described in the Bible. It is also an ancient word used to describe a falling star, meteor. It is used to communicate the details relating to the bitterness of mankind. The fact that the star is called bitterness self-explains what this trumpet blast is depicting. The bottom line is the Lord infects the rivers and fountains with a hardship of bitter desolation, which, by the way, is needed to fulfill the following portions of prophecy coming up in future chapters. Now let's take a look at the fourth angel sounding. In verse 12 it says, The fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars were struck so that a third of them would be darkened, and the day would not shine for a third of it, and the night in the same way. The fourth trumpet blast focuses on divine judgment, but this time shifts from earth to the celestial heavens. Keep in mind these trumpet blasts are happening one right after the other, making plotting or escaping the judgments impossible for humanity to plan a way of escape. Meaning, no time is allowed for mankind to seek answers to the crisis in which God is released upon the earth. Now, amid the frenzied activities comes a new disaster in the sky. As a third of the sun and a third of the moon and a third of the stars are darkened, nobody knows exactly how God will strategically darken a third of our celestial heavens. But human science does reveal the consequences of such a disaster. It would devastate the earth as we know it today. By cutting a third of the radiant heat of the sun would cause days and nights to drop in temperature significantly. Some even think that it would be much like the Ice Age. I always remember in Daniel 4.26 when the Lord reveals how much he controls on heaven and earth. And in this passage, it talks about his ability to control the sun, moon, and stars. Let's review what Jesus and Joel have to say about this particular portion of the book of Revelation. In Luke 21, verses 25 and 26, it says, There will be signs in sun and moon and stars. 
and on the earth dismay among nations. In perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting from fear in expectation that things which are coming to the world, where the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Now, if you ever wonder about the type of thoughts and feelings of those observing the first four trumpet blasts, our Luke passage reveals the aftermath. So here you have it. Signs of God's work will be in the offset of the sun, moon, and stars. On this earth will be volcanic mountains dropping into the sea, causing roaring of the sea and waves to the measurement that grown men will faint because of fear. And as early as the 8th century before the birth of Jesus, God spoke to Joel and gave him a word picture of the plagues that will be accompanied by the fourth angel. Check this out. It says, Alas, for the day, for the day of the Lord is near, and it will come as destruction from the Almighty. Has not food been cut off before our eyes? Gladness and joy from the house of our God? The seeds shrivel under their clogs. The storehouses are desolate. The barns are torn down, for the grain is dried up. How the beasts groan. The herds of cattle wander aimlessly because there is no pasture for them. Even the flocks of sheep suffer. To you, O Lord, I cry, for fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness and the flames have burned up all the trees of the field. Even the beasts of the field plant for you, for the water brooks are dried up and fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness. Blow a trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, surely it is near. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. As the dawn is spread over the mountains, so there is a great and mighty people. There has never been anything like it, nor will there be again. After it to be years of many generations, a fire consumes before them and behind them a flame burns. The land is like a garden of Eden before them, but a desolate wilderness behind them, and nothing at all escapes them. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses and like war horses, so they run. With a noise as of chariots, they leap on the tops of the mountains, like the crackling of flame of fire consuming the stubble. Like a mighty people arranged for battle, before them the people are in anguish. All faces turn pale. They run like mighty men, they climb the wall like soldiers, and they each march in line. Nor do they deviate from their paths. They do not crowd each other. They march everyone in his path. When they burst through the defenses and they do not break ranks. They rush on the city. They run on the wall. They climb into the horses. They enter through the windows like a thief. Before them the earth shakes. The heavens tremble. The sun and moon grow dark. And the stars lose their brightness. The Lord utters his voice before his army. Surely his camp is very great. For strong is he who carries out his word. The day of the Lord is indeed great 
and very awesome. And who can endure it? That's right out of Joel chapter 1, verses 15, all the way through chapter 2, verse 11. The amazing fact for me here is that here, clear back in the time of Joel, the fourth trumpet is being revealed to us with many details. God has been speaking and warning the people of these prophecies for a very long time. It is very curious to me as to why modern people simply cannot connect the dots. Let's take a look at getting our facts straight. Okay now, think about this. Let's get this straight. In the ninth century before Christ, God warns the people regarding Revelation chapter 8, literally in verses 12 and 13. And in Luke, Jesus warned his followers again. And again, that was out of Luke 21, verses 25 through 26. And John, the author of Revelation in 95 AD, he too warned us for one last time. That's a span of 1,000 years, people. You might think that the remaining humans during this time would take this fourth angel seriously. Newsflash, they don't. As usual, humanity tries to shake it off and move on. But as we have just read in our passage today, they will not be able to shake this one off. Did you know that there are over 200 ancient writings outside the Bible that confirm what these three men said? Why don't people get it? The people of the earth are truly dumb sheep, or should I say dumb goats? If the people don't get it after 6,000 years of endless warnings, teachings, illustrations, prophetic events, well, he simply has no other choice but to avenge his people. Revelation 8.13 tells us, Then I looked and I heard an eagle flying in heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. This is one of the reasons I admire Jesus so much is that even though he is well aware that people keep blowing him off, refuting his existence and also refusing to listen to him, he continues to show grace by giving these warnings. That is what woe Whoa, whoa means it's a wake-up call for those who are still dwelling on the earth. Here's our reality check. Later in Revelation, John records this. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, so as to not worship demons and the idols of gold and silver and brass and of stone and of wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk, and they did not repent of their murders, nor of their sorcerers, nor of their immorality, nor of their thefts. That's Revelation 9, 20 through 22, and also in chapter 16, verses 9 and 11. My conclusion is that those who worship demons cannot see truth, experience truth, or certainly cannot comprehend it. The answer to the question as to why don't these people get it, it's being revealed to us here in this passage. Because they worship demons. Demons are spirits of cloaking the eyes of the people from seeing truth. 
that could set them free. Well, I'm interested to find out to see how they do in the next blast when God releases demon locusts from the bottomless pit. In our up-and-coming message, we're going to be talking about the fifth trumpet. And it says, Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star from heaven, which had fallen to the earth. And the key of the bottomless pit was given to him. He opened the bottomless pit, and smoke went up out of the pit, like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke came locusts upon the earth, and power was given to them, as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were told not to hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, nor any tree, but only the men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Stay with us as we begin to explain what appears to be symbols within these passages, but are actual literal translations of God's already predestined and pre-spoken prophecies given to us throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament and being revealed in the book of Revelation. We are glad that you joined us today. We understand that studying the book of Revelation is a challenge. We also want you to remember that it is impossible for you to comprehend the deep truths stated in the book of Revelation unless you have the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit living inside you. If you're an unbeliever, a non-Christian listening to these particular messages, at some point in time you're going to have to make a decision to either refute Christ or to accept him. In the PDF of this particular message, in most of our messages, we have a salvation prayer at the bottom of that PDF. Please keep that in mind. Again, thank you for joining us. We look forward to reconnecting with you in our next message. Until next time.